1: This Ben Jarofsky Show Benny J
2: bonus interview is brought to you in part by the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers Local 9, the International Union of Operating Engineers Local 150, and the
1: Chicago Federation of Labor. Benny J, take it away. Bonus time on the Ben Jarofsky Show as I speak. It's Friday, October 30th, 2020. And the headline of my beloved bright one, home delivered as always paintball attacks shoot up citywide I don't know sometimes there's a presidential election on Tuesday maybe something about the president. paintball yeah, well, you know I guess if I was hit with a paintball it would be a big deal to me uh, as I uh, promised uh, earlier in the show today we're going to do something a little different we're going to break from politics although with my guests I don't know We could have Political talk uh, That would erupt At any minute And talk about uh, Something that's Near and dear To the hearts Of my two guests uh, To put it mildly uh, And that would be Bruce Springsteen Who's just come out With another uh, record And uh, so They're going to do A review of Bruce Springsteen's new album But before we get to that We're going to do A total geek fest About Bruce Springsteen uh, From two Bruce loving geeks so with that as a way of setup I'm going to ask my two guests to introduce themselves they've both been on the show many times I'm going to ask for guest named Mark to introduce himself first
2: hey I'm Mark Baser I uh host the interview show on WTTW and at the hideout and uh I do love Bruce Springsteen um he's my favorite he is my favorite
1: all right. Very good. And uh, my other distinguished guest named Mick, introduce yourself. Hello,
0: this is Mick Dunkey. I am uh, a friend of everyone else who's involved in this show at the moment <laughs> and um, reporter at ProPublica, a former colleague and collaborator of Ben's, both at the Chicago Reader
1: and at the Hideout as well, and also a big fan of Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, I'm not sure Mick is as big a fan of Bruce Springsteen as Mark. We'll discover that. <clears throat> and I am uh, not as big a fan of Bruce Springsteen as either one of these two gentlemen, uh, but I do love Bruce very much. All right, Mark, we're gonna start with you. Sure. And uh, I'm gonna ask you the question that Mick, I want you to follow up with your <laughs> uh, version of it. Both you and Mick, are, uh, I think you're, what's that generation? You're up, you're just down from baby boomers. Gen X. uh, Gen X. So you're not Bruce Spring's generation. Bruce Springsteen is a baby boomer. Right. So what was it that attracted you to Bruce Springsteen? And like, when did you learn about Bruce Springsteen? The two things together, go ahead.
2: Yeah, I think for my, I mean, everything's super interesting to me about my generation, of course. That's why we always talk. But I think what was interesting about Bruce Springsteen for people of my generation, especially people of my particular age within my generation, I'm 46, is that a lot of us, including myself, came to it with Born in the USA. So that was a huge, that was his biggest hit ever, obviously. And it was his. that was when he really crossed over and became a huge pop sensation, sold out Soldier Field, all that kind of thing. Um, and so that's when I first was introduced to him. For a lot of people who don't love Springsteen, who, who are my age, I think that's the album they associate with him and, and often, you know, negatively or, or, or it's not a full encapsulation of what Springsteen is. Um, although I do love Born in the USA. Uh, and then my uncle, he bought me like there was a live box set that came out shortly after, or a few couple years after born in the USA, which spanned from 1975 to 1985. And it was one of the first box sets, I think. Uh, And it was all live stuff. And that's when I've kind of started going, going back into, into his history and, and falling in love with that. So that's kind of the, the genesis for me.
1: Mick. Uh,
0: my story is very similar to Mark's actually. I'm, uh, two years was two years in school ahead of mark Uh, but just like him uh, born in the usa came out in 1984 and the first single was uh, dancing in the dark and that was my introduction introduction to bruce and immediately liked that song Um, and afterward started to explore a little bit more who this guy was and realized he was the person who'd done a couple other songs i'd heard on the radio before, but not really known or ever investigated who it was by. Uh, Hungry Heart, of course, was his. Uh, may have been been his first. Was that his first top forty? Hit first, look? first. I think it might have been first top ten hit. Hmm. Okay yeah let's so say, Hung- hungry heart was from 1980 from the river album and so that was all wrote,
2: that which he wrote for the ramones you know that he wrote it for the ramones and then he decided it was too good and decided to keep it for himself
1: wait <laughs> no, what did he right. write for the ramones hungry heart or the yeah, river hungry Heart." okay go ahead Mike.
0: yeah uh i can't i mean i to me the ramones are you know uh hey ho let's go uh uh, anyway, we'll come back to Ramones, I think, because I have a, a slight tie between the Ramones and the latest Bruce album. No, uh, but And then also, of course, realized once I started to look into Bruce in 1984, 1985, realized that I'd also heard Born to Run and, uh, you know, just started getting more into Bruce. But Ben, I don't know where exactly you were with your life, but 1984, 1985, when Mark and I were... Um, my case transitioning from junior high to high school you know that album had i think seven singles on it so even though it came out in 84 it was still it was like hot for a couple years it was just everywhere and so i liked i liked it it was just a little different sound for me and i was starting to break out of uh kind of the pop music i was listening to at the time which was in the town i grew up in was mostly uh, new wave stuff like duran duran or pop metal like uh def
1: leopard and uh, van halen and stuff so bruce took me in a whole new direction well I'm gonna say something I, I know I've shared this with uh, Mick. Uh, Mark I'm not quite sure I shared it with you but I'm gonna do it now and you're probably gonna go nuts. Uh, I'll throw it out there for both of you. Uh, yes I am of the older persuasion uh, in this room. I'm the oldest person in here and I got a, at least 16 years on both of you and so for Bruce, Springste- for me, Bruce Springsteen were these albums that came out in the early '70s, uh, the Wild, the Innocent, and the East Street Shuffle, and Greetings from Asbury Park, which I absolutely loved. And if you could just imagine me, Mark Baser, at age 18 or 19, just loving Bruce Springsteen and just like I love Brucey, we got called Brucey man. I love you. Speak to me. And and then it's like all the it's like I finally and for, I went to a phase, Mark and Mick, where I thought I looked like Bruce Springsteen. I'm like I, I can see that I can some see, yeah, told yeah. me that.
2: But you're gonna are you gonna drop the, uh, the hammer that because you told me this that you yes, anything the hammer's
1: falling, Mark Baser. Yeah. The hammer is above oh, the floor. I, I thought this was a celebration. I thought this was a celebration. Let's let us let, let Ben do, do it. Let's let then say it. it. Come out and say it. And I feel that I can say it because some girl at a party once did say, "You look a lot like Bruce Springsteen." Mark Baser, Mick Dumkey. It's been all downhill, in my humble opinion, for the great Bruce Springsteen since the Wild, the Innocent, and the E Street Shuffle. Uh, I'll let Mark Baser take the first swing. Go ahead, young man. (laughs) To say that about Bruce Frederick Joseph Springsteen.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That was one of my trivia questions. (laughs) Uh,
2: Yeah, I I I, I mean, you sound like my father when he bemoans the values in this country, (laughs) (laughs) which is right i guess in that case um i mean i you could it's mick would may tell you that the wild the Innocents his favorite springsteen album i don't know that for sure but it's definitely up there for him and and for me um i don't know i mean i feel like you're discounting a lot my favorite i would say my favorite of his my favorite album here the one that speaks the most to me the one that i go back to the most the one that i would introduce people to with would be darkness on the edge of town, which came out you know what five years after wild the innocent I think it was 78. Yeah. So I mean it depends what kind of mu I mean what, one of the things that I was thinking about when we were when we started when we started you know passing around the idea of doing this podcast was that it's really easy for people to kind of pigeonhole Springsteen, for people my generation it might be oh yeah dancing in the dark for your generation it might be well he was all downhill after he stopped doing these really kind of long drawn out epic sprawling songs on the wild and the innocent um for other people it might be that he's a limousine liberal who puts on working class you know clothes but i don't know for me he's he's he encompasses he, there's he's been around for so long and there's such a body of work that there's just so many, they're all of a piece. You wouldn't say that this is a different guy, but there are so many things to choose from. So for, I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say, Ben, is I feel bad for you. I, I just, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you should get, no, I, I put together, I, I send it to Dennis, I send, uh, uh, like a playlist of stuff that I thought you were gonna say stuff after Born in the USA. So it's all music after Born in the USA, or it's my favorite song from each album after Born in the USA. And there's just so much to choose from. And there's, I mean, like an album like The Ghost of Tom Joad, I feel, is an album you would you would love. I mean, that's it's it's about as far from the kind of sprawling Jersey Shore epics that he was originally known for and more about issues of immigration. It's kind of like a, some would call it a sequel to Nebraska in which it's very spare music and, uh, you know, very much about history. The Ghost of Tom Joad, of course, refers to Grapes of Wrath. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I guess I can. I. I mean, we're all going to be like that, right? We're all going to come to music at a certain time and perhaps not move past it. But I think I. I guess if I can. If I can accomplish one thing out of this podcast, it would. It would be that. That you would say, all right, let me dive back into some of the stuff that I. I when I was twenty and and, you know, was was thinking that he had moved in a direction I didn't like. Actually, was moving in interesting directions.
0: Mick yeah i I agree with that i think that um first of all he's just a great songwriter i I, he's one of the very best songwriters of the rock and roll era no doubt in my mind Um, i think he's part of a very elite group of songwriters and performers from the rock era who has uh he certainly has a, a a sound that people who become familiar with bruce can say oh yeah that's bruce but i also think within that he has done a lot of different kinds of records and in that sense i would uh put him in a category with some of my other favorite artists uh, dylan neil young uh prince i think he's right up there um you know he those are the only people i can kind of consider maybe a couple others sort of in his peer group in terms of just the uh, ability to to write songs um, with kind of different sounds but yet at the same time there is kind of a distinctive uh bruce it's not a formula but there's a distinctive bruce feel to a song even when some of the the records have been recorded in different ways and some of the strong songs have been structured in a little different ways so Ben, coming back to your favorite albums, maybe the only albums you really like by Bruce that you claim you really like are uh, <laughs> his first two records. <laughs> and, and, and I love I love those records too, as Mark said. I mean, on a given day, the Wild, the Innocent, the E Street Shuffle sometimes is my favorite Bruce album. Um, and I I sort of see that as like the epitome of his period where he was... He was taking uh from dylan and from van morrison and doing like his version of that um not that he particularly sounds like either one of them the songs are even structured differently from from their songs but it's those kind of um epic almost dreamy narratives uh, uh, very vivid character sketches um and i love that era of bruce and then he transitioned uh we don't have to go through the whole history but let's say he transitioned the next album which was and, and some sort of old school r&b sounds and you know stacks bolt r&b influence on it and then like the second side of the record a lot of it is uh is of a piece with wild the innocent and east Street Shuffle. um and then he said periods after that and i think you know 19 uh born in the usa was his his pop record one of the best pop rock albums i think ever made and uh you know he's had some he's gone done some different kinds of things up through the present including a record a really fine record he just put out a year ago western stars where he was doing a little bit of kind of california country um and and still features great songwriting so i think if you're a Bruce fan, you recognize there's a depth to the work, but it all comes down to the fact that he just writes some really uh, great songs that have, uh, some of them have literary care, you know, qualities to them. And even the ones that don't, you just hear it on the car. You just want to turn
1: it up. Yeah, that's okay. Now you're getting to it. See, that's would, what think, I'm talking about. It'll turn think, it up. Go Mark. Mick
2: brings up, um, I was just thinking. I hadn't thought of this before, but when he talks about Born to Run as being somewhat of a bridge, I guess between that beginning phase and then a more kind of tighter sound. But I think, I think I changed my mind. Like Dar- Dark Side of the Moon is my favorite of, of record of his. But if I were to introduce, if I were to say this is Bruce Springsteen, I don't know. I think it would have to be Born to Run. Absolutely. Like, I mean, Born yeah. to Run is the album in which he. He does combine all that. He certainly shows. I mean, one of the famous things about Born and Run was that the his now manager John Landau said, "I've seen the future of rock and roll," and his name is Bruce Springsteen. Which, but so much of what Bruce was doing was a harkening back to the past. I mean, he is, he, he you know, he, he he formed his love at the very beginnings of rock and roll. And I don't know. One thing that one thing that maybe Mick will agree disagree with, but I've I guess I've always. I, there's this argument against Bruce that he is cheesy um, and and that's certainly true in some ways I don't know that he's any cheesier than anybody than a lot of other artists but I think somebody asked me do you think Bruce, I said, I was telling somebody that I thought Tom Petty was the coolest rock and rock star ever and they're like oh, what about Bruce and I and I was like I don't know that Bruce is cool like mm-hmm. he's not I wouldn't put him in the cool category I'd put him in the there's, it, you know, he's, he's, he's got a sentimental side, he's got a corny side, he's got an epic side, he's got a, certainly a romantic side. Um, I think he, for, to me, again, he's my favorite in the rock genre of all time, but I don't know that he's, he's, he's not, maybe at the beginning he was cool, but I don't know that he's, he's a cool rock star.
1: All right, now I'm going to ask Mick to follow up uh, with his thoughts about the issue of whether he's cool or whether he's cheesy, but you you, you uh, made her, uh, an illusion there, uh, Mark Baser, which is one of my trivia questions. So I'm going to ask it to you right now. Yes, indeed. John Lando did say, I saw the feature of Rock and Roll and his name is Bruce Springsteen. For 10 trivia points, Mark Baser, and don't look at that computer. I, won't, I can I won't. see I'm not. You're I'm cheating not, I'm not, already. I'm not, I promise. <laughs> for 10 <laughs> trivia points, Mark Baser, where did he say that? Well, it was in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Okay, that's the location. What publication did he write it in?
2: What publication? God, it wasn't the. I don't think he was writing for the Phoenix. The Phoenix was it wasn't the Phoenix or the Real Paper? Maybe Real Paper, or maybe was maybe. Was he a New Yorker coming down to Boston? Great, <laughs> of Mark Baser working it up. Yeah, uh, like well, have... Cambridge, Massachusetts. I mean, that's pretty good. All right, Mick, uh, tell I'm gonna me. That, I'm going to say it was it was it was for the the real paper. And
1: Boston you know. Phoenix.
2: Damn, I worked at the Boston <laughs> Phoenix.
1: <laughs> Actually, you know what's up? The, guys? the real paper became the Phoenix. They merged. They merge. all right we'll give it to him we'll give it to him for that i'm a very easy grader guys i basically believe in social promotion <laughs> all right so that's good enough right? that's how i got to Edison high school thanks yeah. goddamn social promotion all right mick is mick uh is mark correct when he says that there well, are critics correct when they say that bruce springsteen is cheesy and is mark correct when he says he's not really cool go
0: Uh, I think yes in both instances but there's a flip side to that so cool to me is like the clash okay I know Ben you don't like punk I think Mark likes a little bit I I love punk especially classic punk from the 70s early 80s and to me like the clash social consciousness railing against racism and injustice and doing it as as punk rockers to me that's cool so no bruce has uh, always been a little bit nostalgic so i think part of the reason some critics haven't liked him is they even as you had uh john landau saying that that he's a future rock and roll as mark points out uh, not only were the sounds hearkening back to uh sometimes the 60s or even the 50s but there there was always a nostalgia there was always um and not or melancholy uh, like um, there was memory through a lot of his uh songs and the, the lyrics the sketches um so i know for instance uh jim d regattas sound opinions uh you know uh, a critic i actually like a lot uh, but he can't stand Bruce, and I know this is a sore point with Mark, uh, who wants to I, like Jim, but I also, can't stand I the love, fact that Jim I, can't stand Bruce. If Jim is listening,
2: uh, which I hope he is, I I love. I, I, he's maybe my favorite
0: <laughs> critic to read. It's but
2: that makes it all the more painful.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but but Jim's big criticism is that Bruce is, uh, in his view, is is too nostalgic, too in the past. I don't completely buy that. I think. There's nothing new under the sun, especially in rock and roll. Everybody's constantly drawing on the past, reinventing it going forward. Um, and I, I think it's a credit to Bruce that especially in his uh, latter days, I think, from um, probably from Hungry Heart onward, he is willing to write a pop song. He wants to he wants stuff that we're willing to sing along with in the car, in the shower. Um you know, is it, is it not cool to want to be popular? I guess it's not. So in that sense, all right, to hell with everybody else. He writes a good pop song. Good for
1: Bruce. All right. Before I go to Mark Baser, Mick, your turn for a trivia question. And I just made this one up. Just based on something you guys said, Jim D. Uh, very highly regarded uh, rock and roll critic here in the city of Chicago. May's claim to fame, perhaps as a journalist, is breaking several stories about the R. Kelly sex scandal. In one of his first stories, investigative work in the Sun-Times on this issue, he had a co-author. Mick Dumpke, for 10 trivia points, who was D. Regattis co-author on that first breaking story about R. Kelly? Go. Abden Palace. whoa dang how'd you know that
0: well no, yeah, you and I both know Abden. a uh, great political reporter great journalist and uh, now works for uh, the state uh, comptroller Susanna Mendoza
1: I think he was cheating Mark I, I can't see him I
0: think he was looking up <laughs> on his computer
1: um, Mark no, they got, they, somebody somebody sent them a videotape I believe yeah they said it to right. the, yeah all right yeah. Uh, mark Mick was talking about nostalgia and one of the things uh, that turned me on to Bruce Springs being way back when uh, in the 70s I saw him a concert uh, so I'm in Milwaukee for the first time. That's where I first saw Bruce Springsteen in a re- relatively small venue. Wow. And he was uh, he wasn't even 30 yet. He was telling stories. And Mick is right. He was like 27. But he was hey, uh, yeah, this happened when in 16. I'm like, God damn, man, this guy's reminiscing already. He's not even 30. <laughs> and uh, but I, I really liked it. I, I was I don't even know what I was, 15 or six. I don't know what I was. I was young. So, Mark. Yeah uh you must have some concert memories of bruce springsteen that really locked you into him talk about him
2: (laughs) mick is laughing because uh he wants me to tell a different
0: story which is you you can answer the question first we'll come back to this yeah
2: (laughs) well all right i don't actually i i don't i mean i because i i mean i've seen him a ton of times Um, but nothing where I, it wasn't like I saw him at an early stage and then was, was like, I got to check this guy out more. Like there there was already very firmly set. And then there was the chance to see him. I think the time that was maybe most exciting for me was when he brought, you know, after Born in the USA and kind of, I guess, Tunnel of Love, he then pretty much disbanded the E Street Band. And that was only for a, a few years. But at the time, it seemed like this is it. That's it. They're done. And then they came back in, I think it was 99, and did a, what it then was billed as kind of a reunion tour, which has continued now for 20 years. And I saw him, and I got to see them in Jersey at the, at the I think it was at the Meadowlands. And, um, no, was it at the Meadowlands? Or was it at, I, I can't remember. But it was in Jersey. And and to me, that was great. Like, it was, I'd seen him before that. I'd seen him with this kind of other band he had put together. But that, that was a memory that one of the, the top few concert memories that I have, one of the worst concert memories. I, mean, I don't know if it was the worst, but Mick and I, he played Wrigley Field a couple of, like I don't know, probably more than a couple of years ago, a few, several years ago, and we went twice. They would, he played both nights, and the first night we went with a group of, uh, group of people, including our, our you know, wives and other friends, and it was, it was a big group, and then the other night it was just Mick and I, um, and both nights both nights i got into fights with people around me and i just i still look back and i just i'm i'm just horrified by the whole thing i can't believe it i felt i feel bad i could they it it all stemmed from whether you can stand at a rock and roll show and i i believe you can you can stand at a rock and roll show especially when you're in the second to last row at wrigley field um but uh, the people. Wait, Tim, When you that, say you got into fights, which is not verbal, arguments? Fights. Not verbal arguments? Verbal no, arguments. No, the fist enough.
0: there were not. No, no fists flew, but no fists. I, I think that the the in addition to this being very uh, amusing to those who witnessed it, including namely me, because I witnessed it two nights in a row. Um, it also is somewhat reflective of the kind of the. Uh, at least the age diversity at the average Bruce show So, you know, Mark and I, at this point in time, are middle-aged men as we were at the time of this show. Um, maybe the lower edge or entering middle age, but whatever. Um, and, you know, we were in the middle, the middle crowd there. So there were people, there were basically older people sitting behind us who were upset when Mark tried to stand and, you know, <laughs> rock
1: out to Bruce. But you
2: remember the people we were with that had their kids there. Like that, I mean, I guess, you know, like they were. Wait, great. how
1: old, when you say older, how old, 70s? No, one, one
2: person, it turned out, <laughs> this is terrible. One person, it turned out, was disabled, I guess, or, but I didn't know that, like, and I mean, she, we, she had walked up the entire, we, again, we were in the second to last row, and yeah. I was standing up, and the guy, the son behind me poked me and said, can you sit down? And it's like Dancing in the Dark's playing or something. Like, what are you talking, it's dancing in the dark. I'm in the dark and I'm dancing. And, <laughs> and I was told, and then I was like, no, I'm not going to sit down. It's a rock show. And
1: then, I don't know. 10, you know 10, mark 10, this yeah. sounds like a larry david episode yeah that's
2: i know i know you know well, what i'm it, saying it really it really and is it like a two-part <laughs> larry david and then
0: there was the like, next night Ben. <laughs> we we're yeah. still laughing and market was recovering from his experience the previous night like feeling you know feelings of remorse i spent even a, even a minute at at a bruce show uh being upset at something instead of like fully immersed in the experience of seeing bruce You know, he's still lamenting that, and then the next night there's there's another (laughs) incident. The next night I thought I had He asked to switch seats with somebody, right? Yeah. To
2: them, yeah. They were again last row and second (laughs) row, same seats. And I said to the people (laughs) behind me, uh, uh, "Yeah, I said, look, it. I would love. I I learned my lesson. I felt really bad about the night before, even though I still felt like I was (laughs) kind of in the right, but I felt really bad. I didn't want that to happen again." And I said to the, the people behind me, I said, look, I could tell you guys aren't standing up. We would like to stand up. Would you, would you be up for switching places? And that way we'll be in the back. You'll actually have better seats. We'll be in the back. And we, I didn't say that, but we, we'll be in the back and we can stand up. And the guy said, no. And then I just <laughs> stewed for three and a half hours.
1: <laughs> <What>?
2: The guy <laughs> said, no. What? That's a good deal. That's what Why I, I said. No? Like, oh, I felt, again, bad. I felt, yeah, I don't know.
0: It was totally ridiculous. The guy, both in both instances, Mark was in the right, I have to say, okay? It's a rock show. You got to stand up. You enjoy yourself. We're paying good money. And I think the second night we bought them through like a, you know a ticket broker or something so they were not cheap seats yeah, we, we, over, weren't we go overpaid day,
2: we were like well mark got in the fight the first night
0: let's go <laughs> <laughs> so we're just really gonna i mean and we'd, we'd shed ourselves of all of our friends and everything it's just mark and i for pure experience of bruce um all right. so anyway, yeah Sorry. All right, I, but I, gonna say that. I have to
1: weigh in uh mick and mark i have to say this about that um one of the last rock, con- I haven't seen a rock concert in a long time, but uh, I got dragged to see a group I'd never even heard of before. Oh, this is embarrassing. Oh, Jimmy DeGratis, don't hold this against me. What's the name of the, the guitar? There was a drummer for the All My Brothers named Trucks, and his son is a really good guitarist. I think the son's name is Derek. Don't yeah. quote me on that, Mark Baser. And they have a band that's very popular with hipsters. Yeah. And that band came to the Chicago Theater. And the uh, the lead singer, i just blanking on her name. It's a hard name for me to pronounce it anyway. Susan Tedeschi or something like that. Yes, right? God damn, it's a role. Tedeschi, Tedeschi, Tedeschi and Trucks. Something. So yeah. another name too. We're into Chicago theater, okay? And we're it's a Chicago. It's a theater. It's an indoor theater, Mark Baser. It's like <laughs> twenty five hundred people. Tedeschi Trucks comes out every. Every hipster in the in the state place stands up. Okay, okay, you're standing up. Boy, did I feel like Larry David. You're standing up now. After about two minutes, you're going to sit. No, they keep standing, and I'm like, why are you guys still? That means I have to stand because I can't see. I don't want to stand. It's a Chicago theater, Mark Baser. Well, like, this, this, is,
2: this is this is this. There should be two. Tickets yes. standing. I mean, seriously, <laughs> like this is a fight that is ongoing. But again, I, end, I and I can I mean, I we were at Wrigley no, Field. No, I'm with you. Yeah, Wrigley like, Field. If Anthony yes. Rizzo hits a home run, do you tell the person in front of you, "Hey, could you could you sit down? I'm trying, yeah, to, no, him run. I'm trying to watch him run around the bases." Like, yeah. uh, You know, the one thing that was, I I don't know. It was just I ended up I ended up being actually a, the first night ended up if I recall there was a woman who started dancing in the, in the, you know, the aisle and she kind of said, come over here and dance with me. And, you know, and that was, I mean, I was married at the time. There was no, it was not like that. It was, and I was like, yeah, all right. And then we ended up having a good time and just dancing in the aisle. But the whole time I felt just again, like you don't want to stew and you don't want to stew for three and a half hours at no, the Bruce show.
1: Yeah. But, you said, uh, it's a waste of your ticket. All right. Now, Mick, I got to ask you this question and then I'll ask Mark it as well. Uh, back in the day, when I was a Bruce Springsteen fanatic, uh, he appeared on the covers of uh, Time and Newsweek back at th- the same week I think it was. Yeah. And I, back in those days, it was a big deal to be on the cover of Time or Newsweek and to be on the same week, it uh, was a big deal. Automatically, people of my baby boomer generation who are really annoying by the way, let's just get that out there. It's like, Oh, he's sold out. Like he did something wrong to be put on the cover of time. And like every rock star in the world wouldn't want to be on the cover of time. He's sold out. He's so So I would just get in the argument. Believe it or not me who says he hasn't had a good album since born to run. I would be defending Bruce Springsteen okay to baby boomers who said he sold out meanwhile even one of these babies boomers voted for ronald reagan completely sold out but let's put that aside mick dumpke have you found yourself in the same situation compelled to defend bruce springsteen from an onslaught of criticism no
0: i don't feel compelled uh to defend him or anybody else i'd listen to particularly i uh I used to say I had guilty pleasures in music, but I'm not guilty about them. I mean, both of you know, and any of your listeners who, who I've met before, I am a, uh, a record-collecting fanatic. I like all, I wouldn't say all kinds of music, but I like a lot of different kinds of music. I mean, right now, in addition to Bruce, I'm obsessed with Billie Holiday. I go through this at least once a year where I just immerse myself in, there's like a 10-part uh a ten-part uh, Columbia archives of Bill, collection of Billie Holiday, and each one of the parts is like an hour and a half long, and I listen to them all. And I'm in the middle of that, so I, I like all kinds of stuff. I mean, I you know I have like ten record, ten albums on my shelf by Linda Ronstadt. I mean, I've just got I got a lot of stuff. So Bruce. You like him, you don't like him. I don't really feel the need to uh, make an argument for Bruce. He sold zillions of records. He's a wealthy man. And um, if you're missing out on some of his great stuff, I'm sorry. You know, it's just uh, you shouldn't be. He's he's fabulous. I guess that's kind of how I feel.
2: Mickey is great about that. I will, he'll often say, you like what you like. Like, which is, which is, why do you have to? I mean, I guess a critic's job would be to defend it or argue, but we're not critics.
1: So. Right oh um, god well you guys yeah, I, it's so many arguments in this in the mid 70s all right we're going to get to your reviews of the new record uh in a little bit but i feel compelled to make good on my uh promise to give you trivia questions so we're going to start with uh you uh mark here we go uh mark baser don't cheat now you've I'm left not the gonna camera cheat. i'm okay. not gonna cheat i'm not gonna cheat <laughs> what is the name of bruce springsteen's father I, I, I
2: have no 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 absolutely no clue on that one Um, Nick
0: do you know I don't I don't know I don't remember either sorry doug springsteen come on guys,
2: you guys uh, yeah, of, i know yeah, a lot yeah. about him
0: i know that 90 percent <laughs> of
2: bruce's songs are about him
1: <laughs> yeah. bruce has his uh, I,
2: daddy issues i, I know
0: yeah I, I know he said that's good when bruce failed his uh draft uh, uh physical. Which who knows if he yeah. did or
2: not that's one of the great things about bruce springsteen stories that, that you that you referenced earlier are they are any of them true yeah. <laughs> it doesn't like one of the things about Bruce. I know you have of questions here, but is that I find it, and you you alluded to this. He was twenty three or twenty four when you saw him, and yeah. he was telling these stories. And one thing that comes across, and he's been more open about in, in his interviews lately, is that and in his books, is that he was very fully aware of what he was doing from an, like, an early age. It wasn't, and maybe that's where some people think he wasn't cool. Like, he was, and maybe, maybe the, maybe the Clash were like that too. Like, they weren't just out there. It didn't just spring out of nowhere. Like, he had a very, very well thought out ideas of what he wanted to be and what he wanted to do. And, you know, his, you know, you always want to think rock, rock stars or, or rap stars just kind of, just kind of appear, but actually <laughs> Bruce is kind of a, very much proof that they all work incredibly hard and they think about their narrative and they think about what they're doing and they think about what themes they want to explore and they're, they're artists.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They're, per- they're performance artists in some, in yeah. some degree, they, they are creating characters. I mean, Bruce has certainly said this about himself. He's opened up a lot about it. You're, you're right, Mark. And in, in recent years about how there is the, uh, there's there's who he actually is and then there's bruce springsteen the performer and there's an overlap of course but they're they're kind of different characters in a lot of ways yeah
1: uh, all right speaking about where he, who he is where he f- comes from uh Dunkey. what high school did bruce springsteen attend oh man i don't know Sorry, Man, you guys are the worst at <laughs> trivia. I actually listen. I, I actually High. know. Freehold High. You're right. Really? you give it to Mark Baser. You are. Did you know that Mark? I mean, I know good. he's from Freehold, New Jersey. Wow, Freehold High School. All right. Bruce. Bruce I, the only question was I didn't know whether he had
2: gone to I guess he did. He went to a public high school. I didn't yeah, know. He went to a public to high school, school and his, his English kind of teacher history. said
1: to him, he was a loner who wanted to do nothing else but play his guitar.
2: See, that's a that's a super interesting thing. I know we don't have the all the time in the world, but one thing about Bruce I always found fascinating, especially in the early days, was that he was singing about you know Jungle Land. He's singing about these group of people who who show up somewhere in the, some fantasy land slash Jersey shore but Bruce was was very much the outsider looking in like he was he was a loner he wasn't the guy hanging out with all those guys he, he was the guy and he finally found that I guess group he he always says it it's cheesy this is cheesy he's he was saved by rock and roll right like he found his group yeah in 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 the band
0: yeah Steve Steve Vanzana said while the rest of us were out getting high and doing drugs and stuff Bruce was Bruce was sort of the nerd who was back writing songs. That was what he was obsessed with. It was just playing, writing songs while everybody else was out partying.
1: All right, now here, this one here, this trivia question, I'm gonna give it to Mick. It's so easy. Mark Bays would laugh at it. if I, He would laugh at me if I gave it to Mark Bazel. <laughs> okay? So I'm, I'm gonna give it to Mick. All right, Mick Dunkey, uh, Mr. I Know Rock and Roll. Name the original <laughs> members of the E Street Band.
0: Um, okay. Well You
2: got this, you got this. I don't
0: know if I, I I don't know if I'll get all of them, but um I know Vinny Lopez was a drummer. That right? is excellent. Lopez. Very
1: good. Mad dog I've done the Vinny Mad
0: Dog Lopez, yeah. Um I don't think Steve Van zandt joined until Born to Run, right? So yeah, he's not original. He's not original technically. Um there's uh uh david
1: sanchez was the uh horn player right yeah. no nope. he, he was in it he was he the nope. drummer he, no, was he was the, the piano video. players right. one the of the piano greatest player. piano yeah. players in the history jazz jazz. yeah 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 you
2: didn't you didn't ask what instruments he played oh, yeah, I, I don't know
0: why i said he was the horn yeah. player i knew because yeah. i have one of his jazz records too yeah so, too, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. so that was before uh so uh, Roy Batan must have joined after he left right so that, that is um, correct uh, okay so who else uh, Clarence Clemens of course yes. yeah that's correct um, uh, who else are we missing here missing uh, Danny, the, uh, Danny Federici right excellent yeah and yeah. and one, one more, other right? the one more
1: no uh, uh, oh yes yeah the Gary mm-hmm. Gary W Talent very good yeah, that's nice. it, yeah. And, nice. and then of course Bruce Springsteen, Mick Dunphy. A round of applause for Mick nice. Dunphy. That was really nice. good. Yeah, nice. uh, except for stumbling on David Sanchez playing the trumpet. That wasn't and, part of the question. Uh, yeah, no, Yeah, yeah. Not. All right, now here you go. Uh, this is for Mark Baser, and this is a very personal. Only I would know this. If you know this, Mark Baser, you are <laughs> right. truly. That's not a, a trivia question. Yeah, I, well, it's trivial, uh, and friends? it's a question. <laughs> What birthmark in the shape of Bruce Springsteen? Where is <laughs> <laughs> Well, now, what was what did Bruce Springsteen do on his thirtieth birthday?
2: What did he do on his thirtieth birthday? So 30th birthday, so he is what, 71 years old now? So that's 40
1: years ago. But the brain is working. <laughs> I, I mean, did you see him? Was it in Milwaukee? Did you see him on his No, Milwaukee before? was in 1975. <laughs> uh, 40, 40, okay, 40. okay, Bruce Springsteen was born in 1949. His right. 30th birthday was in September of 1979. What so the, did river,
2: he, the river's about to come out. Uh,
1: I, 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 I have no There's no, no way you'll know no. Only I would know this Bruce Springsteen appeared at a benefit concert uh, No Nukes concert That was oh, organized no by nukes. Jackson Brown birthday. Yes and he goes It's my birthday and the crowd was going Bruce <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes Geeky hey, stuff that, I know about
0: that, that was pretty cool, Bruce He showed yeah. up at a no nukes concert Yes he did On his 30th
1: birthday, good for him Yes, yeah. and Sweet. it was uh, organized by Ralph Nader uh, And Jackson Brown The things I know, guys uh, Alright, uh, enough of the trivia No, wait, this final trivia Before we get to your critiques I asked this trivia question of Dumke. He couldn't get it so I'm going to ask Mark Fazer and see if he can get it. Are you ready, Mark? I, I, Mick, I am. swung and missed on this one. Let's see if you get it a home run. Uh, what is Bruce Springsteen's son's profession?
2: Well, he has two sons. Um, one of them is a firefighter. Uh, is that the one you're asking? Yes.
1: Me? Very good. I didn't know he had two sons. Yeah, come on. That's an inaccurate question I didn't... to start out with. What's the what's other, the other kid do?
2: I don't know. The other one has made music. I think he, I don't know whether, and, and you know what his daughter does. His daughter's is like an, a, a world Equestrian. equestrian.
1: Yeah. See, yes. I, I knew that too. Uh, that part I knew. Yeah. She loves horses. All right, Mark Baser, follow-up question. <laughs> See, we, what governor <laughs> of Illinois also loves horses? Yeah, they, they all do. go Blago- image. Blago- Blago- no, <laughs> J.B. Pritzker has a horse what? farm. I believe in Florida. Don't quote me on that. All right, Mick, before we go, that doesn't uh, mean he loves
2: it. He just means he owns more property.
1: Yes, Uh, correct. That would be, I think his wife is actually the one who, uh, actually, I think J.B. Pritzker's daughter is a uh, very uh, an equestrian star and remember she got in trouble because she was competing in equestrian events while we were supposed to be in a lockdown and a COVID. all right mick <laughs> here here you come missing i can't stay away from politics mick dumpke all right uh springsteen's son is a firefighter name two firefighters in the chicago city council
0: two firefighters uh Nick Spizzato and Anthony Napolitano.
1: I'll tell you, Mark. Is Mick Dunkey good or what? Unbelievable. I know he's unbelievable. All <laughs> right. Uh, we're going to start uh, with Mick since he's on a roll uh, from the firefighter question. He's feeling really good about himself. Uh, give your critique of Bruce Springsteen's latest record, Bruce Springsteen uh, in the East Street Band. What's your critique of it?
0: My critique of it is that... Um, If you know bruce's material i don't know if this will um if the songs will seem new to you but it just sounds great it's just recorded great the energy level is fabulous and um it's just a really enjoyable album i give it a thumbs up that's my nutshell critique is that I don't think there's, I don't think the sound or the songs are uh, terribly new. Some of them actually have echoes of some songs he's done before, but um, as a package, it's just so fun to, in my case, and I think Mark's case too, to put on the turntable and turn it up and just enjoy it. It's just a great record.
1: Mark?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'll echo all of those things. Three of the songs, were written back when you were a Bruce Springsteen fanatic uh, <laughs> and, so, uh, and those I, I will admit I, I do find those to be the, the best songs um, we one of them is called if I was the priest and it's it's it's, it's amazing but the whole thing is I, I mean I, I also want to put it in the context of these times you wrote it before covid but mm-hmm. uh, to me it's been a a real just 50 or 45 whatever minutes of, of joy right now in a time when there's not a lot to go around. Um, and so the fact that this guy is 71 years old and his bandmates are around the same age, if not older, and and they've made a collection of music which stands together as I think one of the, the – I, 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 there's only a couple – Bruce Springsteen albums that I would not go back and listen to, I guess, And but this one, everybody always is joking, like, that's the best one he's made in 20 years, but I, th- I think it might be the best one he's made in 20 years.
1: Do you have a favorite song?
2: I, I would, I, from the ones he wrote a long time ago, If I Was the Priest might be my favorite. One of the ones that's on it that's brand new is called Ghosts, and I and I love that. So, Nick and I have both, you know, you mentioned record people, and the, the whole third, it's three sides. And then the fourth side's just kind of nothing's on. It's like an etching thing. Um, the whole third side is is
1: I've I've just it's on it's on kind of repeat in my house. Oh, and uh, Mick, do you have a favorite song for the new album?
0: I actually like the opening track. Uh, One minute you're here. It's called. It's yeah. a, sort of a reflective song. I just think it's it's just a devastating piece of songwriting it's just uh it's just
1: a really it's a classic Bruce song as far as I'm concerned all right so here's what we're gonna do uh and we're gonna test something out I already told Mark this uh Mick we're gonna play a little portion of uh letters to you and uh Dr. D is getting ready to do that and Bruce I'm going to tell you this. We have two guys who absolutely love you to death and a third guy who loves you to death. (laughs) Really from 75 on or below. Don't sue us for playing this song. All right. (laughs) We're a dead broke podcast in the city of Chicago in the middle of a pandemic. I'm in my attic. Dennis is in his apartment. Come on, Bruce. Don't sue us. All right, D. Let's play a little bit of um, letters to you. Bruce Spring's first time ever. Uh, we're playing a song on The Ben Jarovsky Show. Here we go.
0: These crowns of marble
2: trees, I pulled that by the sun thread. God damn. The <laughs> summon all that my heart finds true and send it in my letter to you. Uh. So that time yeah. the title track. Yes it might it might be
0: the worst song on the album. Oh, come on, Mark Baser. No, no, I I said, I said this very thing. Did I not mark in a text last night? I said, (laughs) it's not a bad song, but the album would be stronger if that song weren't on there. It's, it's, uh, it actually the first, in my view, the uh, it's the second song on the album. The first song, as I said to you, one minute you hear, I think is just amazing. And then the third song is called burn and train i think i like it more than mark but to me that is just like that is just a turn it up rocker and i feel like letter to you is kind of in the way a little bit not that it's a bad song but um it's just one that i would have suggested uh
1: cutting from the album oh my god bruce You know what, Bruce? You should sue Mick for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's like a classic Bruce Springsteen song, guys. It's like when it comes on the radio, I'm like, yeah, let it, well. So, Ben, actually, See,
0: so ben are God. you admitting you like it?
1: Every 12-inch,
0: yeah.
2: every 7-inch, you've got you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like you, it. You love the Human Touch record. We. <laughs> Wait, I don't even know which one's a human touch. That's human that's
2: that's the story I was telling. I maybe I told it last time on the show. You would touch and Lucky Town are two albums that came out on the same day. They were back in the CD era. They came out on the same day in college, and Mick and I both went to school at Northwestern. Oh, and. Yeah. The Rose Records was open at midnight and we got there the night before it came out, we got there at midnight thinking, we'll join the throngs of people and hopefully get a copy. And
1: of course we were the only <laughs> yeah, two. Yeah, people we did, one one did tell that story. <laughs> yes. It's a great story. Uh, you know, it's it yeah. All right, whatever. What can I tell you? I liked Hungry Heart. By the way, ten trivia points. Mark Baser. What was John Lennon's favorite Bruce Springsteen song?
2: Oh my God! I didn't even know that John Lennon
1: would, would have liked a, a Bruce Springsteen
2: song. Ah, uh, God! I that's I mean, he put Lennon. He, what did he he listen to at that point? Um, I, I, let's say Thunder Road.
1: Uh no, it was revealed in an interview he gave with Playboy magazine just before he was shot, and they asked him about Bruce Springsteen, he goes, I kinda like Hungry well, right, yeah. <laughs> you No, know, like Here's a story that I think
2: it was in the a
1: recent kind of
2: documentary about the band. But Dylan, the first albums that you love, he's so wordy, it's so verbose, and people were saying, like, this is the new Dylan, you know, that was the that was what Springsteen was trying to get out of. Uh, get out of the shadow of that but Dylan heard it or he'd heard about it and he said if he keeps writing like that he's going to use up all the words in the English language yeah. which I thought was a fu- which funny is funny coming from Bob
1: Dylan <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> all right that's a perfect segue into my next trivia question for Mick Mick Dunkey. what are Bruce Springsteen's three favorite Bob Dylan songs Oh uh, man! I, this I was I on Colbert the other day. Yes, it was, Mark Faser. Oh, really? Very good. Wow. Yes, very good, Mark phaser Go ahead, Mick. Oh, how will I
0: actually know this? Um, uh, my back pages. Nope. Okay. <laughs> I mean, this is this is going to be ridiculous. All right, Mark, take it away. Just uh, like
2: a Rolling Stone was one of them. Yes. Yes. Visions of Johanna was another one. Yeah. Um. And I can't. He he'd love the John Wesley Harding record.
1: Yes, ring them bells. Ring them bells. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. But everybody knows about like a Rolling Stone. Uh, Bruce Springsteen has said that many times that 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 song really. One of the it,
2: interesting things about that was you're like, of course we know that. And then like they, Colbert a few years ago asked Bruce Springsteen what his favorite Bruce Springsteen songs were, and you're waiting for Bruce to say something like well, there was this track I recorded that nobody's heard before. And instead he was like, I like Born to Run. I like Dancing in the Dark. And I feel like it was like the exact greatest hits kind of thing. Which which is like, I, I feel like these guys, like they're just like, the, Bruce Springsteen's probably not as big of a Bruce Springsteen fan as we are.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, I doubt it.
1: I think he is. I think, I think he is too. I think he is too. So you're right. Yeah. You're right.
2: Of, of any rock star, he is the one that's probably
1: the Make your favorite Bruce Springsteen song. My favorite Bruce
0: Springsteen song. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I will say one that I just keep coming back to. Again, my favorite probably changes over time, but the song I I just keep coming back to over the last couple of years is Incident on 57th
1: Street Beautiful from the Wild, the Innocent, the E Street Shuffle. Oh, look at you going back to my day. Okay. Uh, Mark? Mine is
2: Backstreet's off of Born to Run. Um, I just love the story of friendship and the story of kind of, to me, it encapsulates everything that, that makes a great Bruce song, kind of a romanticism, friendship, the idea of kind of hiding out from the rest of the world, but also wanting to have grand ambitions.
1: Yeah, I love Backstreet because he's bellowing it out. Mick, that incident song, is that the one where David Sanchez has an incredible piano riff? That yeah, opens it, it is, it is. Oh, that's Spanish,
0: Spanish yeah. Johnny drove in from the underworld last <laughs> night. Oh no, man. That's it's different. just
1: so—it's just so good. That's a different song. Yeah, oh, Spanish Are you, think John-
0: you thinking of New York City? That, yeah,
1: that's the one with that incredible David Sanchez. Yeah,
2: yeah. I'm gonna send and- you a live version of that. That if you haven't heard, Ben is going to blow you away. It might be my favorite live Springsteen
1: performance of all time. Wow. Definitely. Please send that to me. My I, I, guys, I got to tell you, this is total geekdom, but whenever I hear, if I'm driving a car and it comes on the radio, uh, the op- spirit of the night, I go nuts, man. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. crazy John, turn open up the window oh man they're gonna get mad at me over uh which is jimmy de I'm, I'm like 18 again isn't that what rock and roll is supposed to do for you yeah, if, really. do
2: do do the next show on brian eno
1: and then you'll okay. <laughs> <laughs> that would require actually knowing something about brian eno um, you know all right uh dennis well, let's play one more song and get a critique mick has uh, sung the praises of this song so much uh, which one is it, Mick, that you keep singing uh, One Minute You're Here? Is that the song that you like yeah, a lot? First, first song, right. All right, Bruce, go easy on us. We're only going to play about 15 seconds of this, so don't send your lawyers to us, all right?
0: Big black train coming down the track
2: Blow your whistle long and long
0: One minute you're here Next minute you'll
1: go I lay my penny down on the rage. The song sings its last
0: song. One minute you in
1: Next minute you'll go. Alright, Mick, what do you like about that song so much?
0: Oh, it's just beautiful. It's like haunting. Um, it's like, I, I think, you know, this is an, this is an album you can just listen to and kind of, uh, rock out to, but I also think it's an album that has a lot of themes, uh, a lot of, uh, ruminations on mortality. And it starts right there. One minute you hear the next you're gone.
2: Mm. Yeah. Mark, I love that song. Um, and what I like i like the placement of it as well that Mick's right the rest of the record or a lot of it is is very very loud um and very much full of instruments and this is just a very spare beginning and kind of i don't know i don't find it depressing i find it just kind of ruminating on the on the same themes that that mick was talking about and 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 you know it's i mean i've trying to put myself sometimes you know one thing is bruce is much older than than me and much older than mick and and so where he's coming from now is is a is a much different place like he's he's seeing friends and bandmates die and he's and he's thinking about of course his own his own his own life so um to me it's kind of a he's always you know a few steps ahead of where, where we're at so
1: uh, yeah, it's a haunting song. I, I agree with you, Mick. I still like the other one. the pop one better. All right, we're going to have three trivias, and then we're going to close with Bruce and politics question. Uh, so here we go. Uh, rapid fire trivia. We'll start with Mark. Are you ready, Mark? I am. I am. All right. What's the name of the woman that Bruce serenades in the song Born to Run? In Born to Run, or are you talking about Dancing in the Dark? I'm talking about Born to Run.
2: Oh, Oh, in the song.
1: Yes, in the song. Uh, Mary. And no, that would be negative. Mick, what's the name of the woman that Bruce serenades in the song "Born to Run"?
0: Uh, tramps like us, baby. We were born to run. Uh,
1: you're not going for baby, are you? Nope. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> guys. <laughs> All right, I'll give you a hint. Peter Pan. Oh, Wendy, Wendy, Wendy. Yeah, yeah. Wendy, uh, Ma- yeah Wendy. Ma- Ma- Mary, Mary, Mary is Thunder Road. Dunkey. All right. Yeah. That was my next trivia question. And you stole it from me. So <laughs> what was the name of the woman? He serenades in Thunder Road. Wendy. All right. <laughs> all right. Yeah, how, can, how can we miss that one, Mark? That was I don't terrible. know. That That's really terrible. terrible. All right, yeah. here we go. I'll, can you I'll, I'll, I'll let I'll try to all right, I'll give you another chance. Mick Dunkey. What's the name of the woman? Who gets impregnated down by the river? Well, in real life, it was his based on
0: his sister. We know that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm singing the song to myself. So. <laughs> Same, name. They take Same name. Same
1: name. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, Bruce, I got to talk to you. Just me to you, Bruce. Come on, a few more names. somebody mean, yeah, maybe at I Debbie, know, a Debbie, a Dolores.
2: Know. I don't. Know. What's what's Ben? What's the who's the actress in in the
1: Dancing in the Dark video? Oh, I uh, the lady from Friends. Yeah. Uh, what? Not, but uh, the one who is not that funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but she's really. Talented. I, I
0: didn't think. I didn't think the show was funny at all. So that wouldn't narrow it down for me. But. Was not it Ronnie?
1: Something Ronnie Cox? No, Ronnie yes. Cox is a male actor. Uh, you got the last name right. Courtney. Okay, got. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's very Nick, How did I, I know that, that? Wendy question is going to
2: really... No, it's going to... Ha- come on, guys. It's going to uh, haunt
0: us. It's going to uh, haunt, uh, us. It's gonna it's haunt us. We could always... You
1: know, this is just being recorded. We could it's tape, embarrassing. take it out. It's we embarrassing. could just bleep it in. Can you ask Mark. it again? Ask it again. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, what's the name of the lady that serenaded Wendy, Wendy, it? Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll close it down with a political question. Um, Bruce Springsteen has... Uh, been uh, outspoken in his opposition to donald john trump uh he's been uh he was a big supporter of democrats and uh dow i think his first election that he uh actively worked for a candidate was in 2000 when he was uh uh campaigning for al gore mick i'll ask i'll start with you since uh you're a political junkie do you think that it uh he has sacrificed something in terms of wider support. I know he doesn't care. Uh, but do you think he sacrificed, you think that's part of the reason why there's just always seems to be like a, like a, just a a hostility to Bruce Springsteen because he has got involved politically and he gets involved with conventional mainstream democratic candidates. What do you you think is the fallback, uh, the fallout for his political activity? I don't think there's much fallout actually. Um,
0: I think that uh, the whole record industry has changed. And as Mark pointed out, Bruce is now in his seventies. And I think that um, it's amazing to me that the well hasn't gone completely dry for all the songs he's written, all the records he's done. And uh, he's still selling them. I mean, you know, I'm just, I, I was looking before this, it's like his last one, two, three, four, five, albums have all gone uh number one or number two and and frankly some of those were not great records so i think that he's still he's still a star um having been to shows of his in recent years and the crowd is as into it as ever he's still an electric performer mark one time compared him to james brown as a performer i don't think that's far off the mark i think he's in that league and um I think you'll even hear at this point in history, even like uh, hipster rock and rollers and conservative country stars, uh, who cite Bruce as an influence. I just I think he, even though uh, people may not like the fact that he campaigns for Democrats, uh, I still think it hasn't affected his brand. Mark, uh, he seems to be doing fine. You know, <laughs> he's not.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's he's not living in the poorhouse like he's. I'm not worried about him. I'm
1: not not worried about him. In fact, I I admire him him for it. Uh, Yeah, I do. And I know one
2: artist artist that I think has suffered in a way, which uh, I know you're going to, I Nick and I both like a lot and I know he's not, he's not cool at all, but John Mellencamp, I think has suffered because John Mellencamp has come out for very democratic causes. And yet He doesn't have that kind of what you said, Nick said, like indie rocker, hipster lovers. They hate him. They think Mellencamp's awful. But in the process, he kind of lost a lot of the kind of middle Indianic, you know, people who had loved him growing up. But I don't know that Bruce ever had that as much, so
1: yeah no I uh, I applaud John Mellencamp for I remember he did an acoustic concert in Chicago for John Kerry I want to say it was it look none of the I was Mick knows this Mark he knows anybody. I'm always on the left so like generally in a campaign I, I like uh who was in Kerry when Kerry ran in 04 I can't remember who I voted for but I didn't vote for Kerry and uh you know uh but I so Bruce Springsteen's like mainstream democratic politics I would like it'd be cool if he was for Bernie let's say but I, I don't know I I've always appreciated the fact that uh when the chips were down Bruce Springsteen didn't care he went out and he supported Hillary Clinton he supported uh, uh Barack Obama he just saw that at least we had two choices basically in our country a Democrat or Republican and he went with his heart on it so I give him a lot of credit for that uh, even though back in 1972 he didn't support George McGovern, I just threw that out there. I have no idea. <laughs> um, gentlemen, and you
0: um, were trying to, i think you were trying to think of Howard Dean, weren't you? Over uh, 2004, that was probably who you supported instead. I remember you
2: were a huge John Edwards fan.
1: that was (laughs) good I never supported my mother may she rest in peace like John Edwards uh, back in 2004 yeah I think I may have been an Edwards fan Uh, what did Edwards run for President Mick he was uh, the vice president for Kerry. Oh, 2008. Yeah. What a disgrace that was in 2008, John Edwards uh, presidential campaign. Uh, gentlemen, I urge you guys to get your own podcast to talk about your favorite uh, rock and roll and your favorite music. I'm hoping that this entices you to do it. Uh, I know that Mick has talked about it, Mark, and, you know, uh, let's hope this is the start of something great for you guys. Can
2: we, can we have, can we have Dennis? yeah <laughs>
1: dennis dennis can they have you oh right, yeah sure why not let's do it <laughs> all right guys they're gonna do a john uh, Mellencamp podcast <laughs> And uh, no, keep it here. We'll keep you guys posted on it. Uh all right, Mark Baser, McDumkey, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Thanks for having uh, me. All right, thanks, Ben. Wendy, Wendy, Wendy. Thanks. I know. Yes, Nick, Wendy.
0: Wendy. <laughs> I'm about <laughs> to
1: text you. That's Mark right. Baser. That's Mick Dumpke. I'm Ben jarofsky Take care, everyone.